I'm going to talk today on loving the Word. Okay? How many of you love the Word? Okay, hopefully you'll love it even more when we get through here. So, if you'll remember, several weeks ago, a prophetic word that I gave about things to look forward to in uh, this coming year, so on and so forth, for us as well as I think the body everywhere, one of, the, one of the things was growing in knowledge, growing in the knowledge of God. The next was experience, having experienced God, experiencing with God. And the first was mission, knowing what that word of God has called you to be and to do. So I love the scriptures because to me it's God talking to me. Amen? Okay, it's a source of life. It's a source of knowledge that no other book has. It is a source of wisdom, gives, gives direction. It not only contains history, but it is, you've probably heard this before, it is his story. It is the manufacturer's instruction book. It's a book of beginnings and a book of endings. Okay. And <clears throat> so we have many ways of understanding and approaching the word of God, but there's no other book like it. You know, if you want to just talk it as a book. I remember as a child hearing that the Bible was the most purchased book, most read book in the world. I remember hearing that. And I wondered just a few days ago, I wonder if that's still true. And I looked up several places on the Internet, and many experts say it's still true. It's still the best seller of all times. So, <clears throat> as I say, studying and finding out how, how many... Uh, Bibles are sold, there's one statistic, and just think about this, it's interesting, in the last 50 years there have been 5 billion Bibles sold worldwide, and what would you think the most common read book in the Bible is? Somebody, take a guess. Psalms, Psalms, the most commonly read book in the Bible is the book of Psalms. Here's another interesting fact. In the Bible, the shortest chapter is Psalm 117. The middle chapter of the whole Bible, right in the middle, is Psalm 118. And the longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 119. I don't know how that, I don't know how that came out that way. So the middle of the Bible, if you were to take, you'd find... Psalm 118 being the middle of the Bible. It has 594 chapters before it and 594 chapters afterwards. And if you would look at approximately the about fifth verse of Psalm 118 and you'd think of, well, for the middle of the Bible, I ought to have some really important verse. Well, it does. It says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Like that's the whole message. <laughs> that's the heart of God's word. It's better to trust God. Another interesting thing I heard one time, and you don't need to look, uh, look this up. I'm sure you know it. The primary message of, the, of this amazing book, the Bible, can be found in the first three verses of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and right after it, in a Things were without form and void or in a state of confusion. But then God said, let there be light and a spirit moved. Now, believe it or not, that's the whole message of the Bible right there. Creation, 
degeneration and regeneration. And that's the story of your life. You know, think about it as a Christian. You were created. We fell into sin. But the Holy Spirit has come to regenerate us. So that's the gospel. That's the good news in the first three verses of the Bible. And the rest of it is the same message played out in many ways by different people in different times. So this book can make, the Word of God can make things clear, simple, and obvious. While at the same time, it is so deep, it can make things unclear, difficult, and misunderstood. <laughs> that's, why, that's why we need the person of the Word of God. When we refer to the Word of God, there's several different meanings in the Bible. The first one I want to talk about it is the speech of God. It is God speaking to us. Okay, so God speaks frequently to humans. He says all kinds of things to us. How many of you believe that God's spoken to you before? Really, I'm really interested in this. Raise your hand. Okay, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So if I think God has never spoken to me, I'm probably not listening, all right? Or I don't know how. So God speaks to us, I believe, a lot more than we are willing or admit to hearing. Okay. When God said, let there be light, who was he talking to? Wasn't any other creation at the time. So it must have some deep meaning. Since he created all things and then all things are subject to his commands, then God speaks to and about everything. In the creation story, he spoke to light. In Exodus, he spoke to a rock. And in Jonah, he spoke to a fish. Okay? This word of God is really something, isn't it? God's voice and speech come to humans. They came to Adam and Eve. They came to the kings and the prophets also places where he gave them. And to the kings and the prophets and the Levites, he gave them direction and warnings. He also spoke through them to speak to other people. God speaks to you, but he can always speak through you. He can speak to me to tell me something to tell somebody else. You ever experienced that? God ever speak to you to go tell so-and-so? Okay, that's part of experiencing the word of God, the speech of God, okay? So God's voice comes to humans, and he speaks to us and through us. In Exodus 4, it's the story right after where Moses was uh, being told that he was going to be God's spokesman, and he says, I can't, I, I can't speak right. And I love the Lord's response a little bit. Who made your mouth? You know. So anyway, he would... And God explained it a little bit more like this in Exodus 4. God says, well, then let your brother Aaron speak to them. I'll speak to you, and you speak to him, and he'll speak to them. <laughs> okay? So what he's doing there is, and then he says this, <clears throat> the Lord says this to Moses, Aaron will be your mouth, and you will be his God. Okay? I didn't say you'll be God, but it, that's how clear the system was God can speak to a person who can speak the word of God. And uh, that's not just reserved for, uh, you know, some specialized, highly educated few. God can speak to anybody. You know, here's, here's some examples. 
So, uh, God's word means breathed out. All right? It has to do with, with that. If we can look up uh, that scripture that I had, Second Timothy, the Second Timothy scripture. Okay, Second Timothy three sixteen, Paul writes, "All Scripture is God breathed." Now that's also translated inspired, God breathed. You remember in the creation story, God took a lump of clay or the earth and breathed into it, and man became a living soul. The breath of God, the ruach—that's the Hebrew word, the ruach of God, the pneuma in Greek. The Holy Spirit is the breath of God, and what God breathes on comes alive. Isn't that amazing? So, the Bible can be described as the word of God through the words of men. When we say this is the word of God, this is God's word, doesn't mean that God has pulled up his desk and wrote, wrote the Bible out. No, he inspired people, and people wrote it. So it is the word of God through the words of men, right? Now, don't overtake that and say, well, it's just the words of men. No, this is a special book. It's the word of God acted out, spoken out through humanity and other events. But God says, this is my book. This is my word. So, <clears throat> 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Don't you want to be equipped for every good work? Then you need to love this word enough to let it be a priority, to learn it, to study it. Remember the word disciple means not just follower, but learner, student. They were to be students of God's word and what God was doing. So, that's an important thing. Now, I believe that there's some of us in here right now, maybe all of us, that have a, f a form of emptiness on the inside that can only be filled by letting our Creator's word and will satisfy us. I used to have that so much, I would describe it as, God, I have a giant question mark on the inside of me. You ever felt that way? God's saying something, but I don't know what it is. And little by little, that's the way he draws us to himself. Maybe a scripture jumps out at you. Maybe somebody else speaks something that just clicks on the inside. That's more than what you said. That was God saying something to me. So we go on a search of how do we find and interpret what God is saying to us. And I believe that that's normal. That's human. And when Jesus says, blessed are those that hunger and thirst, for righteousness, they will be filled. Now, there's a thing that God creates on the inside of us called hunger. And I'm not just talking about physical hunger. This is a spiritual hunger. I'm hungry to know God better. I still, I still am. After knowing, knowing God, knowing things about God for a long time, I'm still hungry. More. Give me more. So when I was a child... And I can remember these days very well. When I was a child, I wanted to know everything. Uh, what's that? What's that? What's that? You know, why? 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 Uh, I think I said it so many times, I don't doubt that my, my parents considered moving out. 
You see that sun? Here's the key, but uh, you can have the place. You know, we're, we're out of here. Okay, I remember when I first found Proverbs 1, 7. And we, I don't know, I, I don't think I had that on the, on the list. Proverbs 1, 7. <coughs> Anybody know it by memory? Okay, the word of the Lord is what? Or the knowledge, knowledge comes by the word of the Lord. Let me get it exactly here. Whoops. The, the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. Okay, that's it. The, the fear of fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Amen. Right. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Okay, so what is the beginning of knowledge, learning anything? No matter what you are, a scientist or whatever, everything that we can learn has its roots in God created, God said, God planned it that way. So <clears throat> not the end of knowledge, but the beginning. Therefore, science is not simply the discovering how things are put together and how they work. It's studying how God put things together and how they work. But don't leave out that God was the beginning author, that God was the beginning creator. Okay? So, he gets you started about learning. That's what this word does. And... He teaches you what he wants you to know. That's the plan. Whether you're 5, 10, 15, 20, 70, whatever, God has certain plans. He wants to grow us into his image, which he created us to be. And God in his word can teach and show you all kinds of things. And it encourages us to learn about him and his creating. This will happen more and more when you learn to love the word. Here's a couple other proverbs. Proverbs 4, which I think will be up on the screen there in a minute. This was a word early on when I really gave myself to studying God's word that I just love. Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son, pay attention to what I say. Now, this is like God talking. Pay attention to me when I'm talking to you. Do you ever have your parents say that to you? Listen to me. Pay attention to me. And then you're looking away and they go and they put a hand on each shoulder. Like this, twist you around. Here I am. Listen to what I say. All right. So God tells us, pay attention. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Isn't that a great word? They are life to those who find them. Now, there's another proverb that I like, which I'll, I like a lot of them, but I'll show you some special, special favorites. Proverbs 25, verse 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, to search out a matter is the glory of kings. God's favorite game, you've heard this before, I'm sure is hide and seek. There's things in here that you read at first glance. Oh, that's right. And then later, a deeper meaning comes to mind. And so you look it up again and you think, 
Did they just write that in here? I've seen that verse many times, and I never saw that before. Well, God's hidden something in there. And because you are purposely hungering and thirsting for the word of God and his speech and what he's saying, he reveals things to you. God is a self-revealing God. God has answers to our mysteries when we let him guide our exploring. God is interested in our thoughts. When Jesus asked, who do you think that I am? It was prying them and wanting them to see how much of the mystery they had figured out that God had become flesh. Okay, the Bible has all kinds of questions. One of Jesus' favorite teaching methods was asking questions. Okay, If you're a teacher and you want to know how much your kids know, your students know, ask them questions. Don't assume they already know. Anybody figure this out in, <laughs> in learning, learning to be a teacher? You don't just assume that they know something. You ask them questions about it, and then you'll know where they're at, and then you can teach them. But if they're here and you're speaking here, they're not going to get a thing out of your teaching. <laughs> All right? So one of Jesus' best and most popular teaching methods was he asked questions, and the Bible asks us plenty of questions. Sometimes the Bible asks us questions on different levels, like uh, almost like a sociological test. God asked well, ask a sociological question when he said to Cain, where is your brother? Ooh, boy, but that hurt. And then he says later, an emotional question. And he looks at Cain and says, why are you angry? Why is your face so downcast? Isn't that interesting? Do you think God was asking because he didn't know? No, he wanted to know if you knew why you were downcast. He wants to know if we know where our brother is, where others are. Okay? It can be his question. The Bible can ask questions out of your emotions, out of vision. The word shows us that he is a great physician when we see Jesus asking a sick man at the well, quote, do you want to get well? You know, you would think, well, sure, of course. That's a dumb question. Yeah, I want to get well. And Jesus went on to show him, no, deep down, you don't want to get well. <laughs> but I will heal you if you change your attitude. Okay. Let's see here. Maybe he's asking some of us, us that today. Think about it. Do you want to get well? Do you want to feel better? Do you, would you like more joy in your life? Yes. Would you like hope? Wouldn't you like to be a more positive person? Would you like to know your creator a little bit better? He might be asking all of us or some of us this question today. What should our answer be? God gave attention to his creation in ways we don't even understand. Now listen to this. Looking through the book of Job yesterday, found Job 38. God is asking, God is quizzing Job about things that he doesn't have any knowledge of at all. But Job needed to be kind of humbled a little bit. And uh, so the 38 and 39th chapter of Job is God asking Job, who do you think you are? One of the questions that he asked Job is, 
Who provides food for the ravens when its youngs cry out to God and wander about for lack of food? God speaks bird. Amen. That's what he says, right? The, the ravens are crying out. And as many different kinds of birds there are, God must speak a lot of languages. He must understand a lot of things. Birds have a prayer life. Think about it. You know, now, I always thought I was a whole lot smarter than a bird. So I need to kind of let that bird speak to me. Hmm, maybe I ought to have a better prayer life. Okay. God gives attention to his creation. If you're interested in engineering or construction, you might read Job 38, 4, where God asks him, Where were you when I, had, when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked out its dimensions? God built everything. He knows how to build stuff, Practice, practical stuff. He knows all kinds of stuff about all kinds of stuff. The Word tells us that God builds our lives and repair, repairs the damage that sin has left behind. God knows how to rebuild your life. But it sure helps if we hear him tell us things we need to know. Even obeying in small things for a start can help you hear God speak about big things and do big things. I remember one time heard a sermon about the, on the book of Jonah <clears throat> and it talks about God prepared a fish. God speaks fish too. And God prepared a fish can you imagine what that conversation would have been like? You know, here's this ship out here, you know, about to sink. God gets his fish and says, look, I got a job for you. See, that ship over there is going to throw a guy overboard, and I want you to swallow him up. Hurry so he doesn't drown when they throw him up, throw him over. So fish swallowing him. God comes back a while later and says, well, how'd it go? Did it go all right? Fish said, yeah, I did everything you told me, but that guy made me sick in my stomach. And God says, oh, well, I understand. That was a prophet out of fellowship. That'll make anybody sick. <laughs> so <clears throat> anyway, whether it worked that way or not, I don't know. But God spoke to the fish and told the fish when to deposit him up on the beach. And then just think about it. God is so big. And some of the simple things we never bother to think of, God is right in the middle of. So we should love his word. Okay? Now... Most of the word directs us into a relationship with him. Why do we study the word? To learn more about him, to be better disciples, to be better students. And to be a student of God, you need to start by being a student of his word and love his word. In John 21, Jesus spoke to Peter. Another question, he said simply, do you love me? Do you love me? Oh, how much I always like to answer that question if I can. If I'm in a, yes, Lord, you know I love you. God asks the question, can you answer back? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. But I'm genuinely, when I am confronted with that question, I'm quickly reminded that in another verse he said, if you love me, keep my word. Isn't it amazing God equates love and obedience almost on the same level? So, 
But to obey him, I got to learn something about his word. I got to learn what it means to obey him. How do I learn it? By becoming a lover of his word. Going out of my way to learn his word. How can I obey them if I don't know them? By learning a little bit each day. We can rely on other people's testimonies and sermons about what they've experienced with God through the years, but I need to dig into this word myself. I need to discover how to personalize it. I need to get to a place where I am a testimony myself. I may listen to somebody else's testimony and say, oh, nothing like that ever happened to me. Well, what has happened to you? And then allow a study of God's word so that you allow the word, which is alive, to come on the inside of you, which will give you a testimony, unique, unlike anybody else's. Okay, so that's kind of the word of God as a book, a bunch of words, speech, communication. But the Bible speaks another very important way to understand the word of God is to know the person of the word, obviously, Jesus. Okay? In Revelation 19, John sees the risen Christ in heaven, and his name is the Word of God. Now, the most common place we think of the Word of God is in John 1 1. Don't need to look it up. But it says, In the beginning was the Word. Now, think about this as I speak it. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Same was the beginning in Him. Now, if you sneak over to verse 14, it will say, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay? Now, that's hard to understand if you've never thought about it deeply or through revelation or someone sharing you. So we often hear this phrase, what's on your mind? Now this word, word, in the beginning was the word and Jesus was the word. The word, word in the Greek language <coughs> means not just word but mind. In other words, how many of you have ever said to somebody, what's on your mind? Or have you ever had anybody say to you, what are you thinking? When asked that, you are put in a position of trying to explain what's going on up here. So, the most reference uh, is this word logos to the word of God, meaning the, the mind of God, not only word. Now, like I said, we often use the phrase, what's on your mind? One's mind contains their ideas, their goals, their strategies, their knowledge, their wisdom, their attitude, their likes, their dislikes, and go on and on and on. Those are all things in your mind. If I ask you about them, you could tell me what your favorite color is. You could tell me what you're planning on doing this afternoon or what you like or what you dislike or what you want to do in the future. Somebody might say, I'll give you a piece of my mind. <laughs> all right? What you're doing is you're dispelling your thoughts based on who you are, all right? Okay, so in the beginning was 
the mind of God. He had a plan. He had a desire. He was practicing his artistry and his creation on creation. He had all knowledge. He had all wisdom. He knew you way before you were born. Wow, what a knowledge. I've, I've shared this time. One time when I was praying, and I had some real problems going on. It's a long time ago. Yeah, it's so good to be over problems. You know. <clears throat> Still have some, but they're just different. Okay. So I'm at this problem, and I'm talking to the Lord, and I'm praying to God as though I thought he didn't understand what was going on down here. I had to, you ever pray like that? You know, just in case you're interested, here's what's going on down here. And I got the word of the Lord inside, and this is what he said. He said, when I walked with Adam in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden, even then I knew you and that you would come to this place. That's a good word. <laughs> but God had a mind when he did creation. And he realized he was going to do this and do this. And Genesis gives us a real short version of all the things that he did on the first day, second day, and then created the sun and the moon for light in the day and light in the night, on and on and on and on. Things. He, the builder, had a great plan. Okay? Did you ever think that God had a plan for you? Way back in time uncountable. Okay? You were on his mind. All right? So God knew you. Now, let me explain. We saw, saw him, saw his divinity, Jesus. Now, this, this is called the incarnation, from Latin word becoming flesh. God, spirit, became man. Now, here's the way I think that took place. God's looking down at his creation down here, and he sees all the damage sin has done. People aren't loving God. He's poured out his word. He sent prophets. He hit all this stuff, and he still says, they still don't get it. Okay? The only thing I can do now is go down there myself. So he put on his man suit, as some tra translations say, and he came down to us. And that was in, in that one Jesus was in his mind the life, the knowledge, the wisdom, the strategies, the vision, the future of the Creator of God, and he came down on our level. He didn't just come as carvings on a stone tablet. He didn't just come as a prophet like. Some of them were really sharp guys. They knew a lot, and they heard from God. But they weren't the same as the one who had become flesh, Jesus. So God sends his word. He does send his word carved on tables, tablets, and through the prophets, priests, and kings. Then the Father, as he looks down, says, they just aren't getting it. I'll have to go down there myself. It's one thing to read a biography about a person. It's a far better thing to meet the person. You ever had that experience? Yeah. I, I listen to tapes of 
really hot preachers years ago. And I'd listen to their tapes and I'd read their books. And then I heard, oh, so-and-so's going to be at, in town this Friday. Oh, I want to go see him. You know what? The experience of seeing them in person was a whole lot different than reading his book. You ever notice that? Okay. Uh, I read books. I can think of famous people through the years. I've read their biographies or autobiographies. Biographies about George Washington. I learned a little bit about George Washington. But it wasn't the same as if I could have met him and talked to him and had him talk to me about what he knew about me. Wow. That's the incarnation. How much better it is to have the person of all of the word and the will of God is what's in him. And he's living it before us. Well, it's the Holy Spirit's job to redo that in each one. He came not just, Jesus didn't come to write books. He just came to be. Right? Didn't come to write books, but rather to live out the book. We talked recently about what it means for him to <coughs> complete the word. He came rather to live it out. He came to show us the word and how it works in action. To demonstrate its power and miracles and to be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. A book can't do that. This, you know, I can talk to this book all day long and it's, it's not touched by the feeling of my infirmities. The person of the word of God is. A book cannot feel my pain, but a person can die on the cross to pay the price for my sins. The book can tell me about it, but it takes a person to do it. That's, that, and that was the word of God, not only what he said, but what he did and what he's still doing. A book which you read with only some mental comprehension and reasoning cannot wipe out the damage that sin has left in you. Just a reason book. Yeah, a self-help book, a psychology book, sociology book, medical journal. They can talk to you about a lot of things, but they don't have the power to just change who I am on the inside. The Word of God as the person does. Nothing can wipe out the damage of sin that is left in our lives other than Jesus. But Jesus, with all the knowledge of us and all the power to change us can bring regeneration to our degeneration. Remember the first three words, creation, degeneration. <laughs> I'm, de I'm degenerated. I'm, uh, the, the darkness, sin has destroyed my life. But God said, let there be light. Let there be the light of the world that comes to heal he brings regeneration to our degeneration so that when we take his yoke upon us, we learn of him. And it's great to start with learning his word, his written word. And then pray. Here's a few tips before I close. Learning to be a student of God's word. Best thing to do. Now, some of us have been in church many, many years here. Some of us not near as much. A reminder to all of us, best thing when you read the Bible, ask God, God be with me, speak to me through this word. It's God's word. He's happy to, to take it and speak 
and make it real in your heart, not just increase knowledge in your brain. That's important too, because God's come to renew our minds, to change our attitudes about people, place, and things, and ourself and Him. That's part of the regeneration, is to break down the old ways that belong to degeneration so that we can be new creatures. Okay? But to be a good Bible student, a disciple, I know is a challenge. Now, I believe God is calling us to be good students. Okay? I think God is calling you and me, no matter how much or how little Bible knowledge we have, to get into the habit of reading, studying, meditating, thinking on, praying about God's Word. God, the Holy Spirit, you, you can have human teachers and you need those, but remember behind them, the Holy Spirit is the teacher. He shall teach you all things. What all things is he talking about? All the things God wants you to know. That's what he's talking about. So I believe God is calling us to be good students. Now, I know some of our responses to that will be, and I used this myself on God one time. Did you know that God's already heard every excuse there is about him? <laughs> like the one about Moses, you know. But God, I'm a, I have a speech defect, and God said, who made your mouth? And uh, so, anyway, I believe a lot of us response to this being a taking time to study, we might respond to God with, it's too hard for me to find time to do that. And, you know, don't you think God's already heard that? <laughs> and this is, I believe, his answer. It's one he gave me one time. He said, make time. Okay. You know, God needs to be God of my time. God can show me the best way to study. I can kind of learn about myself. When am I most open? Some people are night owls. Some are early morning. How many are, sh are sharp, sharpest in early morning? Some of you? Okay. I get that was about two or three hands. The rest of you are not at all, so... Okay, of the not-at-alls, how many of you are sharp late at night? You start, okay, a few. That's, that's the way I'm, more, more people. You know, I, I go through a, stu now, sleep stuff works differently as you age. But uh, the majority of my life, I would start getting tired about 8 or 9 o'clock. And if I didn't go to bed then, then by 10 o'clock I was having a revival on me. It's like, oh, where's a book, you know? I want to read something. Uh, God knows when the best time for you is, all right? You walk in the light when you have the light, all right? All right? Let God direct you, but, but at least say, Lord, I want you to help me rearrange my time that I can become a better student, disciple of your word. I know, <coughs> I know this is it's possible. Jesus speaks to us. Ask God to speak to you. And all the things I listed here a while ago, what is your occupation? Are you a teacher? Are you a builder? Are you a this or that? Uh, you're a parent. You're a teenager. You're a whatever. Ask God to speak to you where you're at. Okay. It may be the pastor's job to 
give you some guidance once in a while, but it's not always their job to hear God for you. Okay? You know, I would love it if every time I've asked God, speak to me, that he doesn't. But he does in, at the right time. His time, of course, not mine. So a lot of times when people are asking me, what is God saying about this? What I hear on the inside is, tell them to listen. Here. Now, there's not, we get words to speak to one another. That's part of the body. But at the same time, are we as individuals and members of the body learning to hear the voice of the Lord? All right? He speaks through dreams and visions. He speaks through other people. He speaks through circumstances. He speaks through authority figures. He speaks to all different kinds of ways. You know, and he speaks all languages, bird and fish and whatever else. Okay, so I think our faith may be challenged more and more in years to come by people and things of this world. So what I am suggesting to you is to become, to build a strong base of Scripture in your heart, mind, and experience. As a teacher, one of my verses that I have seen come to mind so so long and it's twice in the Bible I have to look it up where the scripture one time is in Hosea is God says my people go into bondage for lack of knowledge my people go into bondage for lack of knowledge that means that a lot of things that we are hurting with is easily cured if we just could hear God on the subject or be a student of his word okay things about depression and hurts and just the various things that belong to human life uh, we need to hear God when, when we're, if we're being overcome with fear, if we're having bouts with depression, this, that, and the other. God has something to say about that, and I would, I always start there. Try starting there when things aren't going well. Doesn't mean you can't go to the medical doctor or you know special help for something like that, but don't leave God out. He has something to say to you about your situation in the now. Amen? All right, let's pray. And then, uh, Dwight, you want to close us? Let's pray. Or Dick, either or. Let's, let's, let's pray and then y'all figure out. <laughs> okay. Dear Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we want to say, and it'd be true, we love your word, Lord. We know you are the great, great revealer. There are hidden things in your word, Lord, but you can bring them to our understanding as we search. Lord, I pray right now that you would increase sensitivity of our spiritual eyes and ears and minds to hear the voice of God. Lord, if we're not hungering and thirsting for righteousness, I pray, Lord, would you create a hunger and a thirst in us. Father, I pray that we be A students in your word, learning what the will of the Lord is, learning how the word can speak into every situation, how your word is never-ending how your word divides good from evil, light from darkness, right from wrong, 
So, Lord, I'm just asking right now, each person, and please just stay as you are with head bowed and eyes shut. I'm just looking out on top of you. I'm just looking for each. You're going to point at every, everyone here, each person. Lord, speak to them. Give them wisdom about their life, knowledge, vision, understanding, a greater love. May they receive forgiveness for every sin. May they be able, have the grace to forgive everyone that has offended them. That's so important. But Lord, I pray, begin to fill the emptiness. The emptiness, Lord, where we don't know what to do next. We're in a problem and we don't have all the answers we need. We're in a marriage that needs your intervention. We're in a financial strait that we need to hear your word about what to do next. We're in a relational struggle. Lord, speak to us. You have become flesh and dwelt among us. You have become like one of us to where you feel what we feel, to where, we, to where you were ignored. Lord, sometimes we are full of loneliness instead of friendship. So, Lord, speak to us. Break down the barriers. We give them to you, Lord. The selfishness, the pride, all the things that stand between us and your spirit, Lord, that shouldn't be there. We just say to all the plans of the evil one, be gone in the name of Jesus. You have no partner lot in our lives. Get out. Get out. Concerning sickness, Lord, I just ask your Holy Spirit to be upon us right now to heal, whether it be physical, mental, relational, spiritual, whatever. Let your healing power be upon us right now, Lord. Healing every cell, every fiber, every ligament, tendon, organ, muscle, every pain in the name of Jesus. I pray all of the plans of the evil one would snap back in his face. And we just declare that greater is he within me than he that is within the world. That's the devil. So we just say, Satan, be gone from us. Be gone. The word of God is our vision. The word of God is our friend. The word of God is our king, Lord, and savior. So, Father, let there be light in each heart. And we say to the dark spots that cloud us, be enlightened, be gone in the name of Jesus. For he is my present and my future. He's the one that gives me words to give to other people. He's the one that gives me an overflow of love so that others can't help but see it when they see me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, stir up the gifts, words of knowledge, prophetic gifts, gifts of helps, gifts of assisting others, gifts of teaching, whether it's kids, whether we teach school, whether we teach Bible studies or whatever. Increase our teaching skills, Lord, so that we can know how to share that which you have put within our hearts and trusted us to be anointed teachers. 
Father, we love you. Let's just tell God we love him and love his word. Lord, we do. We love you. We bless your name. Lord, you're just so incredibly fantastic. There is no one greater in heaven and earth. You are lovely above every other thing that we would call beautiful and and lovely. Father, speak to us in a way that we understand it, but grow us in our ability to comprehend and understand your word, Lord. For you are so great and we're so small. Lord, meet us, I pray, in the midst of our needs. Speak, Lord God, whether it be in a thunderstorm or a still small voice, but give us the ability to understand this is what God's saying to me, and this is what I will obey. In Jesus' name. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen to the New Covenant Fellowship podcast. We want to connect with you. You can visit us online at ncfokc.org for more information about our church. If God spoke to you and you'd like prayer, please text us at 405-518-5164 and we will get back with you. God bless and have a great day.